Strategic Living with Brian Holmes, episode number 88, A View from the Top, a wonderful interview with Aaron Walker. Hi, Dan Miller here, author of 48 Days to the Work You Love. You're listening to my good friend Brian Holmes on an important program, Strategic Living. Pay attention. Welcome, everyone, to this week's program of the Strategic Living Podcast. My name is Brian Holmes. I am your host. And as always, it's a joy to have you with us. Well, what a special episode I have for you today. I have been really looking forward to this for some time. I'm going to introduce you to a friend of mine, a fellow masterminder, someone who is a venerable business entrepreneur and an incredible coach, and I call him friend. His name is Aaron Walker, and you're going to be really, really moved by his story of of difficulty and success and growth. going to be awesome. I can't wait to get started with you. Let's do that right now. Well, I'm delighted to have you with us today, and yes, I am very excited about having Aaron Walker on the program today as my guest. To give you a little bit of a background, Aaron is a fellow masterminder. He and I have been acquaintances slash friends, fellow masterminders now for several years. In fact, I met him through our mutual friend, Dan Miller. In fact, Aaron's been doing life with Dan Miller for many, many years. My gosh, dozens of years. And uh, in fact, Aaron and uh, Dan live in the same city, same area, and they just hang out together a lot. But I met Aaron through Dan, and we certainly hit it off. Aaron is a prolific business mind. He is an incredible coach and mentor. Uh, he has absolutely made an impact on his generation. And and frankly, if you, when you hear him talk, uh, he says he's just getting started. So Aaron is without question a veteran entrepreneur, starting his first business at the age of 18 years old and later selling it to a Fortune 500 company. Uh, he demonstrates incredible passion for success, for prosperity, and for personal growth. Unwilling to rest on his past successes alone, Aaron started, bought, and sold eight successful companies over the past 36 years. Having a strong desire for personal development uh, has kept Aaron in a weekly mastermind group for more than a decade with Dave Ramsey, Dan Miller, Ken Abraham, and seven other notable Nashvillians. Aaron has enjoyed a 35-year marriage to his beautiful wife, Robin, and today he spends the majority of his time helping men specifically grow in success and grow in significance as the president and founder of View from the Top, a premier life and business coaching company. I, I just can't tell you enough about Aaron. I've shared with you his official bio, but the truth is Aaron is just a wise man. He has a beautiful relationship with the Lord. He has an incredible story to tell. He has known tragedy, has known difficulty, has known failure, but he absolutely has persevered. He is an incredible example, and I am right now so pleased and so excited to introduce you to my great friend, Aaron Walker.
Aaron, it is great to have you on the program today, my friend. Thanks, Brian. Man, what a privilege it is to be on your show. Thanks for having me. Wonderful, man. I've been looking forward to this for a long, long time. I want to share with my listeners here, just before we get into a lot of the content today, you and I have known each other for quite a little while, several years, actually. We met through our mutual friend, Dan Miller, and we've been participating together in a mastermind group for a little while now, about a year and a half. And we have just been uh, collaborating. And I tell you what, uh, knowing you and having you kind of in my my sphere, my life, has been a real blessing, a real privilege. And I tell you what, man, it's just great to finally get you on the Strategic Living Podcast. Well, thank you, Brian. I feel mutually the same. And to watch your business grow and be around a man of your character and integrity has really been an influence to my personal life. So thanks. And uh, I've really enjoyed getting to, getting to know you. Well, let's get started. Share a little bit about who Aaron Walker is. What do you do? Who are you? How have you kind of come to be uh, the man you are today and doing what you're doing today? Well, I appreciate that. I'll give you just a 30,000-foot overview of my past 36 years. If you'll allow me to digress just a little bit. Sure. We'll go back to my childhood. I started at 13 years old in a local pawn shop. My dad remodeled for a local vendor here. Fell in love with that business at 15 years old. I can't even believe at 15, I discovered what I wanted to do with my life. Decided I wanted to go into that business. I spent the next two years in summer school and night school, so I didn't have to go my junior and senior year of high school. Graduated early, got out, fell in love with this business. At 18 years old, Brian, there were two men in our community in the insurance business. They were doing extremely well. They were buying a lot of diamonds and gold from me at the time. I approached them with a partnership arrangement and they fell in love with the idea. So at 18 years old, I went out on my own, started my first pawn shop and the Lord just tremendously blessed it. At 21, I bought my second store. At 25, my third store. And at 26, my fourth store. A company called Cash America in Fort Worth, Texas, a Fortune 500 company, discovered me in Nashville. And they came, Brian, and they rang that magic bell, you know, it's like time for me to go. So I sold out and thought I was completely finished at 27 years old. And I came from a very humble beginnings. And I thought, well, hey, if this is the way it works, man. I'm in for the ride. So what I didn't know, Brian, at the time, and I look back, it was one of the best events simultaneously with one of the most tragic events of my life, selling my business at such an early age, not having trusted advisors in my life. And I quickly became very bored. I gained 50 pounds in the process over an 18-month period. And my wife woke me up in the middle of the day one day and she said, you've got to do something else, man. You can't waste your life like this, not doing anything that's purposeful or meaningful. And I went back to the pawn shop I started with and formed a partnership. We shared the work week for the next 10 years. I worked three days a week and my partner worked the other three and we grew a very, very successful business. And then Brian, in 2001, a very, very tragic accident happened for me. I was on my way to the office and I unfortunately ran into a pedestrian that was crossing the street. He just didn't see me coming and it wasn't my fault and testified later, everyone concerned that the pedestrian was warned numerous times crossing that street. And unfortunately, three days later, he passed away in the Vanderbilt trauma unit. And Brian, I can't even tell you from that day forward what has transpired in my life. And I went back and sold the business that I owned then. I took the next five years off. I just decided I was going to take a break. I'd had success and I was just going to take a break. So my wife and I built a new house. 
We traveled extensively to kind of regather and regroup. And then I came back at the urging of some friends and went in the construction business. We spent the next 10 years building high-end residence and small commercial. At 50 years old, a couple of my buddies, Dave Ramsey and Dan Miller, that I've been in mastermind group with for decades, said, you need to coach other people because of your life experiences and your long-term relationship and marriage to Robin of 35 years. Uh, you need to coach guys. So I started Brian View from the Top a couple of years ago, and I spend each and every day now encouraging and empowering other men to reach heights they never dreamed possible. So that's my 36 years in a two-minute span. Wow. Amazing. And I tell you, you you've, you've covered a lot of territory there with that that little quick brief overview, uh, but I tell you what, what struck me, and I've heard you talk about this very briefly one time before the accident that you had and uh, the pedestrian situation, and and I just I'm curious. We don't want to go all the way down this road today, but I'm curious uh, what what kind of process did you have to go through in order to really work through that? Because that had to be very traumatic in your emotions, your heart, and just must have weighed heavily on you for a while. Yeah, well, it did, and it pointed out a lot of things to me, and I'll get to those in a second, but just tangibly how I worked through that is obviously went to counseling, you know, to help me work through that process. A friend of mine is a counselor slash coach here locally, and, you know, if it had been my fault, it probably would have been even more difficult to work through, but he just absolutely didn't see me. So, you know, for a long, long time, I went, kind of worked through that. My attorneys early on told me not to contact the family. And just to be honest with you, Brian, now that it's all said and done, I contacted the family immediately. I just could not participate in that and not at least give my condolences. And so I contacted the family and my personal physician was a good friend of the man that uh, ran out in front of me. And he went to bat for me and he said, these are good people. I know them personally. They've been you know, my patients for decades and I know them personally and I'm confident that had a big bearing in the way things ended up. But I just contacted those people. I'll tell you something that kind of strange that happened. Fast forward five years later, my dad was in the hospital, had lung cancer, and they were taking care of him in ICU. I came back one day to the hospital and my mom was acting a little bit strange. And I said, is something else wrong? And my mom said, no. And I said, well, what is it? And she said, well, I didn't want to tell you this, but I'll go ahead and tell you. She said, you see that nurse? And I said, yeah. She said, she was telling me a story about her dad. And her dad was the pedestrian that I had hit. Wow. And ironically enough, she took care of my dad the last two weeks of his life. Now, we never told her. We didn't go into the story and tell her. We thought that would be too awkward for her. But it just shows you how things in our life transpire and happen that, you know, we don't understand always. Some of the things that I learned as a direct result of this is I had spent, Brian, the vast majority of my young years gaining success. And, and I did. I mean, to most people's standards, I had gained quite a bit of financial success. I had the freedom to come and go, and I was very independent. What came with that was a sense of arrogance and a sense of cockiness. Oh, wow. at, at 27 years old, I'd made it on my own, and I thought I was somebody. I thought I was, you know, bulletproof, which later turned out to be not true at all. What I learned most was that I was lacking significance. 
in my life. I had success, but I was lacking significance. A couple of years prior to that, Dave Ramsey and I and our wives had gone on vacation to Amelia Island, and we heard a speaker there. His name was Bob Buford, and he wrote a book called Halftime. And that book was really paramount in helping me work through this process in gaining a new life of not only success, but significance. And so I have kind of dedicated since 2001 my life towards helping others, empowering, and encouraging. I'm sure in your practice you meet a lot of people who are experiencing the same type of thing. Maybe maybe they've not yet come into the full scope of success that they're desiring or moving toward, or maybe they're like you, very successful, but they, they're struggling internally. We talk a lot about that on this program. Uh, in that process, what, what are you helping people with? What is the process you're walking people through, and what have you discovered as to how a person can move from just success to significance? Well, we have to determine for us personally and individually, each person, what success means to them. And just thinking about my personal life, this is in no priority order, but I'm just saying a few things that the way I equate success. First and foremost, we think about finances and the freedom and the stability that comes with being successful financially. One big thing that's really important for me as an individual and always has been is having an engaging family with deep-rooted, meaningful relationships. Another thing is a clear conscience. You know, I want to lay in bed at night and go back over my day and say, hey, I've done everybody right that I should. I've been fair. I've been honest. And then health is another thing that's very important. I'll tell you, I hate to admit this, but twice in my life, I've gained 50 pounds that I shouldn't. And back in November, I looked down, I couldn't see my tennis shoes. And I said, we got to do something about this. So I went on a diet and I've lost 42 pounds since November. And I'm maintaining that weight on a regular basis. And I don't want to call it a diet. I want to call it a change of lifestyle. That's right. Yeah. And our listeners know that I've done the same thing. It was about the same time in October of last year. I just hit this crisis point. I'm like, this is crazy. I have to take care of my, my body and did the very same thing. Lost about 50 pounds. Yeah. Well, it makes you feel better. You know, you have more uh, confidence and it's just, it's good for you. The other thing is I wanted to learn to be content in the situations that I was in without being complacent. And I think it's a very dangerous place to be complacent, but I think we all can learn to be content. And then I wanted to have a clear sense of direction. I wanted to know how I was going to go, where I was going to go, and I wanted to know exactly what I wanted. And then I'm a big dreamer, you know, Brian, from being around me. I have lofty goals and dreams, and I think in order to be successful, we all have to do that. I'm a Christ follower, and so for me, trusting in a higher power is really a big part of my success, and I want to have the relationship with Christ that he desires to have with me, and so that is another level. And at the end of the day, Brian, I want to be wise. You know, when I die and it's all said and done, I want people to look back and say, Aaron Walker was a wise man. So those are some things that I've kind of gauged and uh, put on the sideline for me to be successful. What I soon come to discover was significance and what that meant. And I just sat alone one day and started thinking, what does it even mean to be significant? And I thought, you know, first and foremost to me, that's meeting the needs of others. It's not just all about me because I spent years, many, many, too long years meeting the needs of my own. And it was all about Aaron and all about Aaron's family. And he could grow another business, buy another store, get another building. And I thought, I need to 
turn my focus outward just to look, you know, just a little bit. And then I started talking, thinking about helping others when they really can't repay you. See, if you do it with the wrong motive, then you've really not been significant. And then I wanted to be able to aid others and help them even when it wasn't convenient. I wanted to give more than the expected amount or minimal requirements. So these are kind of the things that I couched in being significant. You know, I wanted to place my personal desires uh, ahead and aside for the benefit of others. I wanted to say, hey, how can I be a servant leader? How can I deprive myself for the sake of others? How can I delay gratification for the greater good? And then how can I have the foresight to invest in others long-term so that I can impact generations to come? So that's kind of how I've designed my life, and I live it intentionally now, and I live it on purpose. And these are the two modes by which I go down, be successful and be significant. It's amazing. I want to just back up for a minute. You you said something that, that just you were working through each of those very carefully, but I want to talk about this content versus complacent piece. I want you to talk more about that. To you, what does complacent mean? How does a person fall into that mode? Well, here's what happens is that people are really searching for things to be happy, and happiness is not a trait. It's a choice. And we can learn to be content in any situation that we're in if we choose. And my glass is always half full. I I never want it to be half empty. But being complacent is a whole different animal within itself. And I always want to grow. I want to, I'm a creator developer. I'm not a maintainer manager. I get bored. I'm ready to sell the business and do something else. I never want to be in a complacent state of mind but I do want to be content. That's great. So there's a fine line really between the two because a person can learn to, in a healthy way, be content, but there's a fine line in shifting over to being complacent where you're no longer driven to to accomplish or to grow or to come into the full measure of whatever, in our world, God may have for you, right? Well, here's the thing. I think God gifts certain people with certain talents, without a question. Mm -hmm. And I think God gave me the ability to grow businesses. I don't say that in any boastful sense uh, whatsoever. But what I had said by selling it and sitting on the couch and playing golf every day is I got enough now for myself. So good luck to you. In essence, that's what I was doing. And I quickly discovered that if I did have that talent, don't hide your light under the bushel, let it shine, right? That's what the little... Yeah, uh, song yep. says. Yeah. And so I, I was hiding my light under the bushel. And now I still enjoy nice trips. Here's what I hate, Brian. I hate for people that have money to say money's not important. When somebody says that to you, run, go the other way <laughs> exactly. because they're lying. It is important. If it's not, then do this service for me for free. You'll see them recant pretty quick. Yeah, sure. Just don't make it your primary aim. Just don't make it your main focus. Don't make it your God. Use the money to aid others. Robin and I, years ago, we elected to do a scholarship award for eighth graders. Mm. We thought, why eighth graders? Because it's a very impressionable time. And it wasn't for those that had done well academically. It was for those that were trying the hardest that maybe didn't have the opportunities that some other kids had. We went ahead and tracked those kids for years. Some of them became nurses. Some became officers in the military. They had a little bit of hope because we gave a scholarship award to those that were trying the hardest. And so our focus simply turned, looked at others, 
ways that we can empower them, encourage them, and change their family tree. Well, we can do that at all different levels. A lot of people say, well, if I had the money you did, I would do that too. And I would challenge your thinking on that. Money magnifies what's already there. Right. Money doesn't change your heart. And so if you're not doing it to some degree now, buying somebody a cup of coffee at Starbucks, if you're not doing those random acts of kindness now, you certainly wouldn't do it if you had more money. That's excellent. That's excellent. So in your coaching practice, in your consulting practice, what are some of the things that you see on a day-to-day basis that people are struggling most with? And I know we hear, you know, it's the economy, it's the this, it's the that, and there's always this external uh, deferring kind of a thing as far as responsibility is concerned. But what are you seeing as some of the greater challenges and maybe some of the biggest hooks that people need to overcome? Well, I see this, it's very, very widespread, and it doesn't matter if you're making millions of dollars a year or you're making $30,000 a year. It doesn't matter. People want significance. They want purpose. They want meaning. They may not realize what that's what they want initially until we dive in, but that's where they're missing the boat most of the time. I've got a client that made $3.5 million last year. Every toy known to man he owns. And he called me, hired me, said, I heard you on John Lee Dumas, and you really resonate with where I'm trying to go, and I want to hire you. We went through for months studying him, his business, and what we discovered is everything was about him. His whole focus was about him and his family. Now we've turned that. Now he's got things that he's looking at that he can set up long-term to aid, benefit others. He's a different person as a result of it. And it doesn't matter if you're making 30,000 or three and a half million, we still all want to be successful and significant. We want to have purpose. We want to have meaning. And that is one of the biggest challenges. People don't really know what to call it. They can't really identify when they get these toys and they get a bigger house, they become a slave even further and they don't realize it. They buy a car. You've got to insure it, store it, wash it, keep it. It depreciates everything we buy takes us down the road to investing more time, effort, and energy in maintaining it. When Robin and I retired a few years ago at 50, we said everything that was causing us stress, we were going to get rid of. I was scared I was going to go next, Brian. So (laughs) we started getting rid of property and we started getting rid of the big house. We bought a much smaller house, something that was easy to take care of because we realized that our time is the most precious commodity that we have. Now, instead of taking care of all those properties, toys, big house. We have time to invest in our children more, our grandchildren more. And I don't want people to wait until they get 50 or 60 years old to discover that. I want guys at 20 and 25 years old to discover that process. Greg McCowan wrote a great book called Essentialism. Mm -hmm. And in this book, it helps you to get the non-essentials out of your life and focus on the vital few. And what he teaches us to do in the book is to live the disciplined pursuit of less. And a lot of people are on a quest to get more only to find that it doesn't fill the void. But what will fill that void is what I've been talking about for the past 20 or 30 minutes is living a life that is significant and that is eternal. That will last forever. That's great stuff, man. So if you're going to be speaking to our audience here, which you are today, and we're all about strategic living and we're helping people to to deal with internal issues that go back to their childhood. We're helping people to, to overcome limiting beliefs. We're, we're trying to help some people discover who they really are, why they're here. Uh, we're pouring into them by way of personal development. And then our, our desire really is to help somehow to 
activate and engage people in their divine purpose. Looking at that broad picture there, what would you say to our audience would be a, and this is kind of ambiguous here, but you know, what, what type of a two or three or four step process would you say, look, these are the things that you, I would advise you to focus on if you want to take your life to the next level and live a strategic, meaningful, and significant life. Yeah, that's really a lot easier than it appears. And let me tell you some things that I do with coaching clients every day. And I do this, I have a number of mastermind groups that I facilitate. And here's what I've done, because I've been asked that question a number of times. So I sit and I wrote a document called a personal assessment. And before I go further telling you, I want to tell you, I'm going to give these documents away, Brian, to your audience. Oh, wow. I've created a landing page for these, and I'll tell you more about that in a minute. So I don't want you to think I'm trying to sell you something. So (laughs) here's the thing. The personal assessment is a three-page document. We look at your identity, your ideals, your career, your relationships, your faith, and we really surmise who you are based on these questions. And you do it yourself. You just take this list, these three three pages document, and you go through and you answer the questions. After that's completed, I've got a document I created called, What Do I Want? And Brian, this right here, if no one hears anything else that I'm going to say on this interview, I want you to hear me. Most people live their life reactively, Mm. not proactively. Robin and I decided when we got married two weeks out of high school, we were going to live our life intentionally. We were going to live our life on purpose and we were going to do it our way. Right? There's a song. I think there's a song out there that says, I did it my way. I, I think there is. Okay. So here's what I've done. This four-page document asks very elementary questions. And you say, those are very elementary. Well, they are until you try to answer them. <laughs> and when you start reading the questions, one, I'll just give you one question. One says, if you woke up tomorrow, Brian, there were no geographic limitations. There were no financial constraints. What would you do with your life? Most people can't answer that question. Yeah, don't have a clue. Yep. And so we go through four pages of that kind of questions. How do you want to teach your children? What goals do you have three months from now, six months from now, 10 years from now? What about when you retire? And I help people design a life that they want to live because Brian, you and I may not want to live the same kind of life. I may really enjoy traveling and you don't want to leave the house. You may want a lot of money. I may not need quite so much. So we designed the life that you want to live. Then I created a course, and it's called Steps to a Productive Day. And I start you out early. I'm a very regimented, methodical kind of thinking guy. That's just the way I do things. And I do it intentionally every day. My routine is very regimented. But I start you out in the Steps to a Productive Day where I start you early in the morning when you first get up, and I ask you 50 questions What do you need to accomplish today in this arena, that arena, social media, exercise? How are you going to empower others? Who are you going to call? What are you going to do? And then you methodically go through your day. And at the end of the day, man, you've probably gotten done three times as much as what you normally would. And when this starts working, it's kind of like Dave Ramsey does the snowball effect in Mm -hmm. the finances. Mm -hmm. The reason he does the smallest one first, it gives you momentum. Well, once you see you can have a really good productive day, it becomes a habit. Charles Duhigg wrote The Power of Habit. He says if we'll do something about 21 straight days, normally it'll become a habit. Same way with this document. If you'll just exercise over and over with it, 
It'll become a habit. So those are the three action tips. They're really not difficult. You discover who you are, what you want, and then the implementation. Fantastic, man. How generous of you to to offer those to our audience, man. I'm just, I'm so grateful for that. And I know that folks that take advantage of this incredible offer, and I encourage our audience to do that. Listen, when you get these kind of resources from this kind of a man that has this kind of expertise and track record, you really want to take advantage of that and utilize these tools. And uh, I guess you can tell us where, where are those going to be landing at? Yeah, I put them on a landing page. You go to viewfromthetop.com forward slash SLP. SLP, that's for Strategic Living Podcast, I bet. Yep, you got it, Brian. You <laughs> Excellent. guessed it. Excellent, man. Yep. Hey, but you so, go there, all these documents are there, download them for free, use them ever how you see necessary. So what do you see in your life in the next two to three years? What's happening? How are you growing, Aaron? How are you growing family? How are you growing your business and your life? Brian, I've probably not been as excited about my career in 36 years as I am today. And it's because I'm helping other men move the needle. You know, mm. I've niched down my market and I coach men. The things that I write, the courses that I do are created gender neutral, but I coach men and I lead mastermind groups of men. And I'm going to tell you something, Brian, and you know this as well as I do. There's a shortage of really great men. Oh, yes. And I want to help ordinary men become extraordinary. It's time, man. We're rising up, leading our families the way we're supposed to, being the husband that your wife deserves and desires, being the dad to those children that you really would consider it to be an honor to be called their dad. They would be honored to call you their dad. We need those kind of guys interacting on a daily basis, growing beyond measure. And so I'm more excited now. I'm writing a course right now and it's, believe it or not, teaching you how to live a successful and significant life. I uh, just told you about the Steps to a Productive Day course. I've partnered with some guys, and we're going to be distributing this course. I'm writing a book called An Eagle's View, and that's going to be about my time, you know, a dozen years with Dave Ramsey and Dan Miller and Ken Abraham, some of those guys you may or may not recognize, where we were in a mastermind group together for a dozen years. I'm going to be giving a little peek behind the curtain of those guys' businesses and how we've grown them together and telling a little bit more about my story. So I got a lot of good, exciting stuff going on right now in my life, Brian. Thanks for asking. Man, I'm so proud for you, and you are a great example. And I say this not in any degrading way. You are a little bit older than I am. Uh, not a now, whole you lot. You didn't have to say that, Brian. No, no, no. I don't no, know no. why I'm, that was important. I'm, I'm going no, I'm somewhere with this. Go ahead. Go uh, it, ahead. it inspires me at 48 years old to see someone who is past 50, but is just constantly reframing and reworking and renewing the mind and, and thinking forward and looking at what's possible. And, and that's just very inspiring to me. So that's where I was going with that. Thanks, man. <laughs> is I to say that, that. It, it's a great example, on. man. Thank you. I, I really appreciate that. You know, it's the way we look at things. Yeah. We can sit down on the rocking chair and be finished, but man, I don't want any part of that. There is too much life to live. It's too exciting out there right now. As I said, in June, I will have celebrated my 35th wedding anniversary wow. with Robin. I have two daughters, 32 and 29, that live five minutes from me, have four grandchildren. They live across the street from each other. Uh, life is really, really good right now. I just thoroughly am enjoying myself. And a lot of it is because we're trying to create a life that we yeah. want to live intentionally and on purpose. And you can do the same thing. It just takes a little bit of effort 
energy, and planning. And by doing the steps that I'm talking about, you can have the life that God has created for you. Well, guys, uh, I tell you what, this man right here is a prolific example of what it looks like to live your life strategically. And I want to thank you, Aaron, for being on the program today. You are just a phenomenal friend, a tremendous mentor and an example in my life. And uh, just thank you for taking of your time to speak into the lives of the folks that we have the privilege of serving every day. God bless you, man. Thanks for being here. Thanks, Brian. It's been my pleasure. What a powerful conversation. I I hope this is one you go back and listen to time and time and time again. I want to thank Aaron for being on the program and, and really for his incredible generosity. He has provided us with some incredible resources. If you will go to his website, viewfromthetop.com forward slash SLP, like Strategic Living Podcast. That's viewfromthetop.com forward slash SLP. He's given away some fantastic resources there that will help you to become more of what God has created you to be. Well, thank you for joining us today. I'm so pleased. A lot of great things happening around here. We're launching a new seminar series. Uh, We're doing a lot of speaking and traveling. If we can serve you in any way, uh, we'd love to do that. Just visit us at brianholmes.com forward slash seminars for our seminar information or brianholmes.com forward slash speaking for our speaking. If you'd like to talk to us about maybe possibly uh, coaching you and coming alongside of you in your life, you can go to brianholmes.com forward slash coaching and find out more about our coaching packages there. Well, we encourage you to subscribe to our weekly updates at brianholmes.com. Subscribe to the podcast and iTunes. And if you wouldn't mind leaving us a review and a rating there, that really helps us to get the word out about what is happening here at the Strategic Living Podcast. Well, I know this. Today's episode has challenged you to become more, to go after life in a different way, and I encourage you to listen to the episode again and again. Engage with us on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Google+. We look forward to seeing you back here very, very soon. Until then, may God richly bless you.